Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. The show that is so bad, even if you add pumpkin spice to it, it'd still be bad. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you way, way, way pre-recorded and reminding you, you must be of legal smoking age wherever you are in order to listen to this fine show. So if you're not, turn it off. Thank you very much. And on this week's episode, and uh, in Pipe Parts by Request, we're going to talk about uh, uh, palate cleansing or palate refreshing and how I do that. And uh, remember, I am a leading expert on my opinion, and you're going to get it in that. <laughs> uh, you're going to get my opinion. Uh, my guest is uh, pipe, rest, pipe Restorer, Pipe Repairer, and now Pipe Maker Richard Madley of Mad Pipes. We will have uh, the last of music by request for Las Vegas, and we'll have um, not much of a mailbag because this is way pre-recorded, and we'll have a rant. All that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. And as this show is going live, well, I should be—I should have landed back home here in Charlotte from a long seven days, and uh, hopefully it went well. So if you want to. Uh, if you want to see what went on, uh, you can search Instagram or uh, YouTube for the hashtags Vegas Pipe Show or hashtag LVIPS or Las Vegas International Pipe Show. And we'll have some news to announce that was announced at the show, but I'll hold off on that for a week or so. I promise it's yeah, just dates for next year. That's all. Yeah, so you can start planning. And uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully we all had a good time. Hopefully we're all resting up, and that's why we're going to talk about a uh, palate cleansing or palate refreshing on this week's show. Uh, remember, uh, iTunes, Apple Podcast ratings and reviews are much appreciated. We are coming up to the holiday season with uh, Halloween right around the corner, Thanksgiving, and then Christmas. So if you have some holiday-based music that you would like to hear played on the show, well, email that to me, brian at pipesmagazine.com, B-R-I-A-N at pipesmagazine.com. Uh, that's also where you can email me any uh, guest suggestions that you'd like to hear or uh, topics for pipe parts and so on and so on and all that. So, all right, let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. And here we go. There's nothing quite like working in my shop or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Take a look at your pipe rack. Are all those briars and mirrors constant companions in your rotation? Or are there some that you gravitate to more than others? Are there some that you simply don't smoke anymore? Through smokingpipes.com's estate trade program, you can transform those underused pipes into immediate cash or store credit. Just send us your pipes and we'll unpack inspect, and evaluate them based on extensive market research and over 20 years of experience. Then, we'll contact you with a detailed offer for your choice of cash or store credit, valid on any items in our vast selection of pipes, tobacco, cigars, and accessories. 
If you're not happy with our quote, we'll return your pipes free of charge to domestic addresses. It's that simple. Join the thousands of Smoking Pipes customers who have benefited from this program and start your trade today by contacting us at 888-366-0345. That's 888-366-0345. And we are back on a way pre-recorded Pipes Magazine radio show. And for pipe parts, we're talking about, well, here's here's what happened. So I get an email from Kevin, and this goes back to uh, late August. And like I do with all emails from Kevin, I open them up on a timely manner. You know, usually three, four weeks. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but there's a post on the uh, in the Pipes Magazine forums and it's from Yonel, Y-A-O-J-L. I apologize if I pronounce that wrong. And it says, I've listened to most, almost all of them of the shows, but I can't recall the issue of managing palate fatigue or palate resetting refreshing has been addressed on the show. All right, so I'm going to give you my opinion, which I am the leading expert of, of how to first manage palate fatigue or try not to get it and then second if you do how to reset your how to reset your palate so firstly the key to me and i'm going to do it right now right here on the podcast is water i always have when i'm smoking or when i'm not well most of the time i i always have a bottle of water or some sort of water within reach now I don't do ice water. Ice water is bad for your palate. It's bad for your throat. It's bad for almost everything. Uh, the only thing it's good for is if your body is overheated and you need to cool it down pretty quickly, ice water is good for that. The water that I like is, you know, 55, 60 degrees or even room temperature because room temperature is more refreshing. So the trick is keep your palate as wet as keep your mouth as wet as possible. By keeping it wet, that helps protect your tongue and your cheeks and everything from getting burned. If your mouth is dry and then you're putting smoke in it, well that causes it to get burned. And if I'm remembering correctly from my biology, like the lining of your cheek, you know how you might bite you might bite the inside of your cheek accidentally when it takes three to five days for it to heal. Well, those that cheek lining, it comes back pretty quick. Same thing with the tongue. All right, so the key is uh, nothing really hot, nothing really cold, keep it wet. Uh, <clears throat> When I'm drinking coffee, I don't drink it at super hot temperatures. I drink it at, you know, hot to, you know, on the, on the low side of hot, almost to warm. Um, you'll also get better flavors out of it that way. So you really don't want scolding hot coffee. But you don't want to burn the inside of your mouth with that because then you're also adding smoke to it. All right, so now that's how I prevent it. I also smoke slow and I smoke... Uh, and I, and I smoke in five minute bursts usually, or 10 minute bursts. You know, I'm not sitting there. I'm not the guy that's trying to keep the pipe lit the whole time. All right. And real quickly on how to refresh your palate. If you've got, if your mouth is sore, the best thing to do is just take time off and keep it full of warm water and maybe some warm tea. Uh, use a tongue scraper. 
that'll help get you know fre- freshen up the taste buds and you know, help stimulate the tongue. Um, there's nothing really you can do once it's burned. You've just got to give it time. Uh, if you want to, if your palate is overwhelmed with flavor and not damaged, well, so all the wine tasters and people like that, they may just breathe in some coffee, uh, breathe in some coffee beans to refresh their palate. I know people that uses, uh, that use slices of red apples in between to help refresh their palate. There's always the other option, which is, you know, brush your teeth, drink a whole bunch of water, uh, do the tongue scraper again, and that will really clean up your mouth really well. And that will re, you know, that will refresh your palate. Um, and again, going back to what I said before, that mucus, uh, you know, the, the mucus linings in your mouth, well, that grows back in three to five days. Uh, tongue, not so quick, but it will. So you just want to take care of your mouth. Just give it some time. And nine times out of 10, the reason you're getting, uh, palate fatigue is because you're probably smoking too hot so look at the uh, look at the moisture level of the tobacco that you're smoking look at the pace that you're smoking try to slow it down modify it so that you're not getting overwhelmed and again just keep your mouth wet i can't emphasize that anymore but keep your mouth wet uh, when i was doing uh, taste testing stuff or blend work i would have water and coffee with me and water and coffee in between the different tastes would help reset kind of everything back to neutral. Uh, sometimes I would even carry, uh, I would even have little uh, disposable uh, single-use toothbrushes. I think Crest made them. And I'd use those in between bowls, especially if something got, uh, sometimes you'll get a tobacco that gets a little filmy. Or you know, you'll get a film on your mouth from the, from the tobacco and you want to get that out before you go on to the next one. So all these little tricks of the trade. And again, you know, don't, if you don't have a tongue scraper, just use your toothbrush on your tongue softly to help clean it and clear it up. And that will go a long way to, uh, resetting and refreshing your palate. Uh, if you're, if that, if those aren't working for you, well then just take a couple days off from the pipe. Make sure you get a lot of fluids through you. And when I mean fluids, I mean water. Uh, there are some green teas that I also kind of like that are uh, that are good for that are you know, a light green tea is really good for just kind of refreshing your palate and uh, working it through. Maybe a mint tea as well, but the mint will stick behind you. So there's all these other tricks, but if you're having fatigue, one you're probably smoking too hot or too fast or too wet. So keep your mouth wet. Modify the way you smoke. Slow down the pace, slow down, uh, alter the packing technique, alter the tobacco, and then go from there. And then, again, I can't emphasize it. I guess I've said it, what, five times now? So maybe six will work. Uh, keep your mouth wet while you're smoking. And not not with cold stuff, not with hot stuff. Keep it with room temperature or warm stuff, and that will go a long way. All right? Comments, questions, and <laughs> this may be really good for a lot of people, especially after returning from Las Vegas and uh, you know three or four days in the desert with uh, smoking a lot. So yeah, this may help you. All right, comments, questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. And in just a moment, my conversation with Richard Madley. This is Internet Radio. For over 150 years, Peterson has welcomed all pipe smokers. 
It's the preferred choice of the thinking man and the everyman alike, and our workshop too is a place of hospitality and warmth. Hi, I'm Glenn Whelan, and for me, Peterson is a family tradition I've known since my childhood. My dad, Tony Whelan Jr., worked at Peterson for 53 years and has been my home since 2003. From sweeping our factory on a Saturday morning, to managing our store, to now steering our international distribution, I've seen the craftsmanship poured into each Peterson pipe. It lives in Jason's discerning eye as he handcrafts our silver accents and in Wojciech's able hands as he carves our rustications. It abides in Willie's grading and in Warren's papering. Peterson has welcomed us as contributors to its legacy. And it's a welcome we always extend to you. Cade Mila Folge, 100,000 welcomes, wherever you come from, whosoever you be. We're back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining us is, I, I guess I'm going to call you a pipe maker, pipe restoration, pipe repairer, pipe rejuvenator, pipe reseller, um, <laughs> Richard Madley of Mad Pipes. Welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Thank you. Yeah, all right, so let, let's get to know you. Where did you grow up? What did you want to be when you grew up? Did you grow up? Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing I'm still growing up. Um, from Georgia, Brunswick, Georgia, there on the East Coast, about 20 miles north of Jacksonville, Florida. Um, grew up there as a kid. Ended up moving up here in, I think, 97 it was. We have family up here. And I've been residing in southern Indiana pretty much from then on now. Um Lived here and there, I guess. Uh, lived out in Vegas for a little bit hey. uh, for work. Uh, been about four months out there. I was doing work for Copenhagen, U.S. Smokeless Tobacco. Mm-hmm. Um, and pretty, I gave that up and went to college. Uh, went to college after I got out of the Marine Corps. And uh, let's see here. Graduated college, a couple degrees in 2015. I uh, went work for the federal government. That was kind of a shoe in since I was prior military and worked for the census bureau from 2015 to uh, 2020 during the pandemic and switched over to the U S army Corps of engineers and got in there in the real estate department working for the military. And I've been there ever since and loving every bit of it. All right, let's go back. Cause you piqued my interest. What were you doing for us tobacco in Las Vegas? Um, uh, I was doing marketing for Copenhagen. Was that going out and doing uh, like special events and you know handing yeah. out handing out we, cans we, and skull and cope? Yeah, we we uh, we set up at like uh, rodeos. We did a SEMA show. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's the it's it's the guys you see in trucks and stuff that are handing out tobacco. We get yeah. a new product. We pitch it to the public for free and try to get feedback, and it may or may not make it into uh, the stores depending on the consumer's uh, opinion about it. Yeah. So for some of you young folks that don't remember those days, you used to be able to go to a, well, living here in the, in the Carolinas, you could go to a NASCAR race and there'd be somebody handing out free packs of cigarettes just for you to try them. And, uh, same thing with, you know, with dip and chew and all that stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now they only do uh, coupons. They don't hand out any product at all. Yep, because you can't hand it out anymore. You have to charge for it, and there has to be age verification. And uh, yeah, and and it's evil. Remember, tobacco's evil. 
it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the so now with the Army Corps of Engineers, so you're the one that tells uh, that that knows exactly how much that levy costs and where it is and buys the land for it. <laughs> uh, we do actually. Uh, that's not in my region, but uh, pretty much that's what real estate does. Um, any kind of land acquisitions, you know, we handle almost all of that. If it's uh, federal property, um, any kind of co-op or anything. I mean, Corbin's here. We, we do so much. Yeah. Not what I do. And we know the secrets that are at Area 51, right? I, I don't. Okay. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> All right. So when did when did pipe smoking come into your come into your life and how? Pipe smoking came into my life as a little kid. Uh, my dad, he was a big uh, cigarette smoker. He always smoked those nasty smelling uh, vanished cigarettes. Hmm. Uh, every now and then he'd, he'd light up a pipe. And I used to love how it smelled when I was a little kid. Like I'd go open up his jar of like vanilla tobacco he mixed vanilla and like cherry together and it smelled so good and he had you know quite a few pipes i thought back then uh he probably had 20 pipes and as i got older uh you know you always retain what that smell that that certain smell in your life as a child that always brings back memories yeah. and i think with a lot of us you know our fathers or grandfathers who smoke pipes you know that smell always sticks with us. So that's how I got introduced into pipe smoking. And I didn't start pipe smoking until probably about 12, 13 years ago, I guess. Were you, uh, were you doing other tobacco products before that? Yeah, I was smoking cigars. I never smoked cigarettes. Uh, I, I never liked cigarettes, but I did smoke quite a few cigars. And I just, I, I got tired of, smelling awful when i come home from a cigar shop you'd have to strip down put your clothes in the washer get a shower immediately because the whole house would stink and i just got tired of that because i was going to the cigar shop you know daily yeah and i remember i found one of my father's pipes and i was like so excited and i went to the smokies that on the corner that everybody has and bought a pound of uh vanilla cavendish and started smoking that cheap crap and i loved it i mean hell every now and then i'll smoke some of it just for that nostalgia of it but <laughs> so i just pretty much gave up cigars and went straight into tobacco pipes did you go on the internet to get help on how to pack and smoke and do all that stuff nope i just packed it let it and went on with it <laughs> and it didn't burn your face off <laughs> I never had issues, but again, I smoke vanilla cabbage. Pretty much a kind of a dry tobacco anyway. At least when I had it, it was. I never sealed it up. I just kept it in a little bag. And wherever I went, it went. So it it always lit, stayed lit, and I smoked. So when did you uh, when did you start the uh, the pipe restoration and and all that stuff? I got into it in 2020. I was cleaning out. Uh, a storage unit and a lot of that stuff that was in the storage unit my mother packed uh, my father passed away in 05 so I thought you know she threw all his pipes away well deep in the corner 
in, in, in the back of the unit, I found a tote and it had the rest of his pipes. Mm. And I got so excited. I was like, I need to find someone to fix these up so I can smoke them. And I called a couple guys and they did not get back with me. And I was like, you know what? I've done quite a bit of woodworking. I've, I've done it on the side prior to pipes. I was like, why can I not do this? So I got doing the research, reading, watching videos, uh, bought all the stuff and kind of just went at it just head first. And they seemed to turn out all right. I mean, I look back, you know, I still got, got them and I've never done anything with them, but put them in my cabinet. So I was like, you know, for my first few pipes, they really weren't bad. I mean, there's a lot of things I do different. So I ended up restoring those and one of them I, I thought turned out pretty good. And I posted on Facebook somewhere and some guy in uh, Colorado asked me if I restore pipes. I was like, no, I just restored a few of my father's pipes. He goes, do you want to restore some pipes? I'm like, I've never done anybody else's. I can't tell you how they're going to turn out. He goes, <laughs> how about I just send them to you and you send me pictures of how they look and we'll talk price. I was like, okay, sounds good. And he, uh, he, he liked them and that's pretty much how it started. And I just, I'd post on Facebook for first probably six months. And then I transitioned over to Instagram. And when I got to Instagram, it just blew up. I'm just, I'm just really impressed that you didn't destroy your dad's pipes when you first started to work on them. Cause <clears throat> man, I, I, I killed a pipe when I started to learn how to clean them. Well, I'm pretty OCD about things. Like, if I, I probably spent three to four months just reading and watching videos. And I mean, I have a book somewhere of notes I took, like on steps and procedures on what I need to do. So, me being OCD, it allows that stress and anxiety. Just, I, I kind of keep it at bay when I'm, you know, working on pipes, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so, and I knew they're my father's and I knew I wanted them to look good. So, you know, I took my time and I probably spent way too much time on them, but you know, <laughs> first few pipes and they're my dad. So. Oh, they're absolutely priceless. All right. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we'll have more with Richard. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Hi. I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell & Deal. We know pipe smoking is a personal journey. That's why our small team of blending and production experts take a personal approach in every step, preparing tobacco products just for you. We source top quality leaf through the personal connections we've made around the world, hand blend that leaf, and carefully package each tin. Each product, from special releases like our small batch line, to our most popular mixtures like Autumn Evening are made right here in South Carolina by professionals dedicated to providing the finest of smoking experiences. Lighting up a pipe is an exploration through evolving flavors, thoughts, memories, and even dreams. From our hands to yours, Cornell and Deal tobaccos are your passport for that voyage, provided by people who, like you, value the journey.
And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show visiting with Richard Madley of Mad Pipes. And the uh, Instagram page is mad, M-A-D underscore pipes. And you're, and you're fancy. You got the blue check mark. So you, you must be somebody. Um, <laughs> but so now is, is, so you're, you're working for, you're working for the army and doing this as a side gig, right? Correct. <clears throat> Yeah, so so not a not a full time living, but um, can you just just briefly talk us through your process for just a basic restoration? All right, so I try to keep it simple. Uh, if someone sends me a pipe and they're like, "Hey, I want it cleaned up," and you know, stem cleaned, the bowl cleaned, and it to look nice and shiny again. Basically, I'll get the pipe. Uh, my first thing I do, take a picture of it, <laughs> and then I'll uh, I'll ream the bowl out, get that all nice and degunked, get all the cake out, and then I will check the draft hole, make sure it's all nice and clear. And if it's kind of clogged, you know, I'll uh, I'll re-drill it and get it nice and smooth, and get anything that's you know wedged in there out. So. Uh, once that's done, I will start on the outside of the stumble. So I will clean it down with either alcohol or um, uh, Everclear and get all the gunk off. And then once the wax is off, I will clean it with some uh, oil soap. And I'll put a bunch of oil soap on there, scrub it in with a toothbrush, the smooth smooth finish i'll just uh, let that set for about 15 20 minutes if it's a rusticated i got a couple methods i use to really get inside the milk and crannies and get all the the grind the oils and whatnot out of that and then uh i will wipe that off with everclear or you know high proof alcohol um once that's dry i'll overlook the outside of it make sure all the you know nook, nook and crannies are free of debris and make sure the all the wax is off and then I will go and check out, see if there's any dings or dents. And if it needs a light sanding, I'll sand it or I'll steam them out with my iron. Uh, <laughs> and then once it's finished, I'll check the rim out and the, the stumble, uh, sand it down if it needs it or scrape any kind of cake that's off and try to get that look as natural as it did when, you know, the pipe came off the line and then uh, if it needs re-dyed, I'll match it. Or uh, I got a little oil concoction here that I came up with that, you know, what's left on the stumble, it really uh, uh, makes the whatever striations or grains that's in the briar pop. And it intensifies the natural colors of the briar and whatever dye is was originally on the pipe. So once that's done... It's set to dry, and then I go work on the stem, get it all up inside out, all the on, and then I move the buffing, and then get it put back together and get pictures and send it to the customer and make sure they like it, and that's it. About how much time are we talking on average just for a – for for that process if it i mean i i i assume if you run into problems then it takes longer but 
you know, that doesn't seem like a quick process. Uh, it, it can be quick and it can take a long time. Um, it, if everything's, you know, copacetic with the pipe, you know, minor issues with the stem, minor issues with the stumble from start to finish, probably 30, 45 minutes I can have one done and ready to be shipped back out. Some people take a long time to do them, but, you know, if you know what you're doing and you've done enough of them, you can, you can turn a pipe around pretty quick and make it look great. So, And then if you run into issues with the stain and all that, that's going to slow that process down quickly. That, oh, yeah. I, and it does. It's just part of it. So where do we start out price wise on just a on a on a simple ream and clean? So, uh, you know, I, I've heard of what a lot of guys charge out there. You know, I do this to you know bring pipes back to life. I really enjoy doing this. I try to keep my prices between thirty and fifty bucks. Uh, you know, usually it don't. It does not cost more than fifty dollars. If it does, it's a pretty bad, pretty bad pipe. But <laughs> usually, you know, I try to keep it cheap for the customer because you know someone comes at you with a, a five, you know, a cheap pipe, and it was their father's. They're never going to smoke it. They're not going to want to, you know, dump a fortune in it. I mean, if it's got a lot of sentimental, I mean, that's one thing. But you know try to keep it where everybody can afford to do a yeah. few pipes if they need to, you know? Yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to do a, you don't want to do a 50 or $75 repair on a $40 basket pipe. Correct. <laughs> now, are you also handling, uh, are you handling like broken shanks and all those oh, yeah. heavy repairs? Yep. Do all that. And I got to lay it out in the garage. I got a pipe. I'm going to start on here. Uh, uh, probably Thursday, I got to put a new tenon in it. So I'll go out to the shop, put it on the lathe, get it drilled out, and put a new tenon in there, and it'd be good to go. And are you cutting new stems for stuff if the stem's completely eaten off or obliterated? Oh, yeah. I've got, I probably got a thousand stems here that I've picked up over the years. And if for some reason I can't find one to match up, I will go to my stock of uh acrylic you know ebonite you know anything i got and, you know I'll, I'll figure out what color the customer wants and if need be i'll, I'll turn a new stem for them <laughs> now i always like to ask this of uh repair and restoration people but what's the what are, what are some of the worst pipes you've seen <laughs> uh the kind that an old timer smoked for 50 years and never cleaned it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love those nasty pipes though. Just where you can't even get a pencil inside the bowl and you just have to work to get that cake out of there. Uh, I mean, I haven't really got anything just too, just nasty. I've got some nasty smelling pipes that I didn't even want to bring in my house, but <laughs> uh, it's mainly the smell that's, that makes a pipe just horrible to work with. But as far as just nastiness, man, I prefer those pipes. 
because when they're done, they're they they shine. So is the smell is the bad smell is that coming from old cake and just not being cleaned and just letting them sit? Probably, <laughs> probably perique. Hey, <laughs> people who smoke a lot of perique, man, and don't clean their pipes, it's they stink after a while, real bad. But you know, guys who smoke a real wet tobacco, you know, will smoke two or three bowls back to back and then let it set for a week. Smoke a couple more bowls back to back and let it set. It's letting that wet tobacco set in your stomach that just really just ghosts the hell out of it because it just sits there and the briar is going to absorb it. Yeah, and especially when someone goes to smoke it and they light it up the heat to it, it opens up the pores in the briar. And then that's when they're like, oh, man, this thing smells horrible. Well, if you don't clean them on a regular basis like that, then they're going to. <laughs> uh, how do you how do you get the ghost out? Uh, do a kosher salt treatment. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of restores will use that. Uh, I mainly try to get a really good, deep uh, ream in the bowl. You know, try to get all that cake off the bowl. It's a lot of work, but if you can remove all almost all that too fresh briar, you're going to get a lot of that smell out. And then you then you just got to work on the draft hoe, which you know the culture salt and alcohol really works. Um, I like to use a high proof bourbon. Mm. Uh, I got some techniques I, I I use that you know with that and. It seems to pull a lot of that ghost out. So, and then once it's all dried and you know you, you get the sniff test, and if it passes my nose, I'll put a. I got a bowl coating that I've created here, and you know I'll, I'll put a nice thick lining on on the inside the bowl. So when they get the pipe back, it's like a new pipe and it's ready to go. Are you putting the kosher salt? Are you getting that into the mortise and and down the draft hole as well? Uh, I mainly, no, I, I put, I pack it in the stumble. I mean, okay. in the bowl itself. All right. And then I put a, a pipe cleaner or something down at the draft on the portis and the alcohol will soak up through the yeah. pipe cleaner and, you know, that'll help, uh, break up any of that nastiness in there as well. So, but no, I don't, don't pack the salt or anything down like that. And I'm guessing you're not you're not getting as much penetration of the briar in the draft hole because there's not really tobacco there. There's just juices flowing through. Yeah. And I will ask the customer, and you know, I'll let him know. I'm like, you know, here, you know, I'll tell him what I do, and I'm like, you know, if you want a better draft, you know, I can make it, you know, better for you. And nine nine out of ten times, you know, people are smoking pipes. They want a good draft. You know. Yeah. So I will figure out the diameter of the draft hole and then I'll open it up, you know, a size or two bigger and that will break up any kind of nastiness that's inside. It's on the walls of the draft hole. So that helps a lot too. And I would imagine if there's a big gap in the tenon and mortise, you can also recut the tenon so that it actually reaches the mortise. Oh yeah. <laughs> that too. Yeah. And that's no fun because then you got to get those measurements dead on. Otherwise, you're yeah. in trouble. Yeah, it, it sucks because, I mean, you can be almost dead on and it looks perfect, but you go and do the field test and you, you'll see there's overlapping. 
And then you just have to be careful about, you know, sanding down the, the shank on the pipe to match the stem or the stem down to match the shank. You know, I, I try to always, if I'm doing something like that, especially if it's a, a new stem, make the stem just a little bit bigger. That way, if I have to do any kind of standing to make it perfect, it's on the stem and not the shank of the pipe. But sometimes, you know, that's hard to avoid. So, yeah. but again, once you do that, you got to go back to trying to blend your, your dyes and stuff to make, make it all match and look natural. Oh, uh, and now you, you've also, you're also dabbling in making your own pipes. I am. I have made 12 to date. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> uh, is that, is that something that you want to do more of? Oh yeah. I've always wanted to make pipes. Uh, even when I first started pipe smoking, um, before all the federal work and stuff, and I worked at a machine shop. So, you know, I'm, I've got my time in working on the lathes and mills. So I was like, well, if I can make stuff out of aluminum, brass and steel, I can make stuff out of wood. I, ma- I imagine, but I tell you what, working with wood on a lathe is completely different than metals. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> You really got to take your time or that stuff will blow up. <laughs> so uh, me- measure three times, go slow, and hopefully only cut once. Correct. Uh, in your free time, what else keeps you busy? Uh, I go to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's really work, gym, pipes, almost seven days a week in that order. So after the gym, then you come home and play. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, any hopes to making this a full-time venture, or are you, uh, are you happy keeping this as part-time? Well, I got to put so many years in with the federal government to get my pension, so I got to hang out here for a while. But I eventually do want to get into pipe-making full-time, um, I'm staying real busy with restorations. Yeah. You know, I've got guys sending me, you know, anywhere from 30 to 80 pipes at a time to do. So <laughs> it's really limited on how much time I can spend out in my shop making pipes. So this winter I will definitely cut back on pipe, make uh, pipe restorations for a little while and focus in on making pipes. So, yeah, cause, well, that's, I mean, that's the other thing. You're doing a lot of restorations for people that resell pipes. And, yeah. You know, those guys, they're not happy if you're sitting on pipes for a long time. No. Because, you know, <laughs> you got you to gotta find that happy medium that's going to, you know, keep them happy and keep them sending pipes. So you got to stay somewhat busy when you're at the house. And then you got the individuals like me that might send you a pipe and say, well, you've had it for 12 hours. Why aren't you done yet? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the good thing is the guys that send me a lot of pipes, you know, they understand that if someone sends me a pipe or two, that I'm going to stop on their pipes and I will get to that individual customers. And they're, they're, they're okay with that. And, you know, you know, they understand that I can only put out so many pipes a week and, you know, you know, our, you know, agreement was, you know, send me pipes, but you know, it, it's going to take a week or two to get, get, get them out to you. 
And, you know, that's still a pretty good turnaround. And the guys know, like, if they send some pipes, uh, let me know if they got a couple pipes that need to get done first. I'll jump on them, get them finished out, and get the, get it out the next day or so. But, you know, I try not to make anybody wait more than a couple of weeks. So I stay busy. Sounds like it might be some of that Marine, that, that Marine that's still in you that says, all right, there's a job to do. Let's do it. Yeah, that growing up with how my dad was so yeah <laughs> yeah uh well i've seen some of your work and uh yeah you, you know what you're doing so uh richard we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions no right answer no wrong answer just whatever comes to your mind are you ready i'm ready what is your favorite pipe oh man that's a good question uh well i got a a full seven-day set of Neil Monnier pipes, uh, also known as Garage Made Pipe Tool. Yeah, uh, I got a Bean that I picked up and that he made. And it's probably my favorite pipe that I have to date. It smokes great. It's comfortable and it looks good. And what is your favorite tobacco? Oh man, uh, Peter Heinrich Dark Strong and. Uh, Vulcan Sobrani. What is your favorite drink? Ooh, my favorite drink, milk. Really? Yep. Wow. I don't, I don't think, well, that might be the second time that's ever been answered. Um, <laughs> when it's time to relax, which it doesn't sound like you do, is it a book, a movie, or music? Probably music, then sleep. And probably music while you're cleaning pipes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely music. <laughs> And then finally, do you have a favorite pipe smoking related memory? Uh, just always remembering when my dad light up. I mean, you know, he, he's not here with, with me anymore. So, you know, all those memories and those smells, you know, led me to what I'm doing today. Yeah. So, you know, I, I cherish all those, you know, I mean, they'll never be talked. And the best way to, for people to get a hold of you is through Instagram, and that's the mad underscore pipes. Yes, sir. And that's probably the only way. Yeah. Some guys got my got my hook up on a, a Facebook. So, but 95 percent of my work I do through uh, Instagram. That is the best way to get a hold of me. Just shoot me a message. Follow him on Instagram. There's a lot of fun pictures of a lot of pipes. So check those out. Richard, thank you very much for coming on and doing this. And, uh, and thanks for doing restoration work. Cause we need more, we need more people like you. I appreciate it. And we'll be back in just a minute. Since its beginnings in 1876, Savinelli has become more than just a pipe factory. It's become a lifestyle. From sourcing the finest Mediterranean briar and partnering with local artisans to acquire unique accents, to expanding their catalog each year with new innovative series, Savinelli produces high quality Italian pipes that serve as a reflection of your individual tastes. With a portfolio that ranges from rugged designs fit for the outdoors to elegant pieces destined for black tie galas, Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. 
This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yeah, check out everything Richard's doing because uh, the Mad Pipes the, the Mad Pipes game is, uh, is going good. And, uh, boy, we need as many restoration people as possible. Um, hopefully we can keep them doing, busy doing that and not wanting to make pipes because we got a lot of pipe makers. All right, for music, uh, the last of the Las Vegas stuff, I promise, and this is because, uh, well, Dino sent this one in as as well as the one two weeks ago, and when Dino sends stuff in, we play most of it. Uh, this is uh, <laughs> this is Elvis Presley and the Jordanaires, the from the official album of the movie Viva Las Vegas. It's how I feel when I leave. It's the actual title song, Viva Las Vegas. Bright light city gonna set my soul, gonna set my soul on fire Got a whole lot of money that's ready to burn, so get those stakes up higher There's a thousand pretty women waiting out there They're all living the devil may care And I'm just a devil with love to spare So Viva Las Vegas Viva Las Vegas How I wish that there were more than 24 hours in the day Even if there were 40 more I wouldn't sleep a minute away Oh, there's blackjack and poker and the roulette wheel A fortune won and lost on every deal All you need is strong heart and a new steel Viva Las Vegas Viva Las Vegas Viva Las Vegas with your neon flashing And your one-armed bandits crashing Almost holds down the drain Las Vegas turning day into nighttime, turning night into daytime. If you see it once, you'll never be the same again. I'm gonna keep on the run, I'm gonna have me some fun. It cost me my very last dime. If I wind up broke, well, I'll always remember that I had a swing in time. I'm gonna give it everything I've got Lady luck, please let the dice stay hot Let me shoot a seven with every shot Viva Las Vegas Viva Las Vegas Viva Las Vegas Viva, Viva I really do like how they played with the uh, panning of the left and right and bringing the band in underneath and all that stuff. That to me is fun. And that's, I mean, that's something that we don't do a lot of anymore musically. Uh, The one line in there, a thousand women waiting for me. Well, nowadays, Elvis, boy, if you are still alive, which I'm sure you are, uh, there's a thousand women in one hotel and there's about 25, 30 different hotels. So, Uh, You're going to need more than 40 hours. Yeah, sorry. Vegas is a a 240-hour-a-day town. Captain, incoming message. 
And comments and questions can be emailed directly to me, Brian at pipesmagazine.com. That's B R I A N at pipesmagazine.com. Uh, if you don't hear back from me in a couple of weeks, please feel free to email them again. Make sure you're following me on Facebook and Instagram and follow the Pipes Magazine radio show on uh, Facebook and uh, wherever else it is. All right, one thing in the mailbag, and it goes back to uh, the show with Jesse, back to episode 576, and I missed this one. Uh, Umber Piper writes... Uh, Dear Brian, great interview with Jesse Culp. I've been following him on Instagram for a while now, and his pipes are impressive. I hope to own one someday. I'm never sure new pipe makers are going to stick with it for the long haul, but I have a gut feeling that Jesse will be still making pipes while me and Satan are sitting around the fire smoking and reminiscing about the bad old days. Um, I've tried Rich Esserman's ramp technique with 40 bowls in the course of a week, and it just didn't work for me. Like you, I prefer the concave approach, a technique I've been using since I first smoked, uh, since I smoked my first pipe 45 years ago, golf tees worked perfectly back in the seventies. I couldn't be happier that you're keeping the podcast going. Unlike those small hobbit like creatures that somehow think family is more important than fellow pipe smokers. <laughs> I watched your interview with Captain Kirk on YouTube and was impressed that you were a little more thoughtful and open than usual. It was nice to hear you reminisce about the past. Uh, Regarding Kevin's choice of music, Brian, you're showing your age or your youth to be more precise. I'm shocked that you'd never heard the song Brother Louie. It was a classic when I was growing up and is still lodged in my brain somewhere. Hearing it again brought back great memories that uh, thank you for that. Uh, you never fail me, Brian. Your show is always your show is and always has been the highlight of my week. Thanks for everything you do, Umber Piper. Uh, you're welcome. And uh, let me say something. Uh, when I'm a guest on somebody else's show, that's my time to talk. On this show, it's really about the guest. So sometimes you get a little bit of me involved, but yeah, you know, it's fun doing those uh, doing those interviews on other people's shows and getting a chance to. Yeah, talk and see what they ask me. I'm more fascinated sometimes by the questions that they ask me. Uh, And then finally, uh, Mark Dominguez wrote, uh, you forgot about the thumb as a tamper. Yeah, Uh, or the finger. That was was my great-grandfather's tamper. He had two, he had a thumb and a finger that were so calloused up that he'd just tamp with those. And then I also saw him, he would wipe his finger on his socks if he was sitting down or in his armpit if he was standing up. So that way the ashes were all there. Um, The things the old timers did, right? All right. So uh, not much more in the mailbag, but I do want to remind you that on pipesmagazine.com, there is always a ton of stuff going on, including the most active forums on the, uh, on the interwebs. If you are a uh, pipe maker or if you're a pipe restoration, pipe cleaner, like Richard, remember there is a, a sticky note on that section of the forums for you to, or that uh, that group in the forums for you to post your business right there for absolutely for free, 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 free. Yeah, and uh, you know if you're looking for somebody, you can go over to those over to that page on the forums and do that. Uh, also, pipe show listings, pipe event listings. If you're hosting or holding a pipe event. All you have to do is email Kevin at pipesmagazine.com. Give him the details, give him links, and he'll put it on the events page. 
and he does that for free for you. So if you're looking for an event in your area, go look there. If you want to become a member of a pipe club or form a pipe club, there is a pipe club thread in the uh, Pipes Magazine forums, and you can post it in there and see if you got anybody in your neighborhood that you don't know about. Uh, in fact, recently there's a Nashville Mid-Tennessee pipe gathering. So there's a lot of these smaller gatherings around that where you can get out and meet people, and it might be an hour or two drive, but well worth it to go out and, uh, and meet people. All right. Again, comments, questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Want to hear some holiday music? Remember, the holidays are coming up. Send those suggestions in. And in just a moment, rant time. A Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe is the perfect pal. Going fishing, take your corncob pipe and see you back at dark 30. Hunting, your corncob pipe squares, it won't make a pop. Relaxing and reflecting? You add your corncob pipe at relax. Party time. Your corncob pipe doesn't produce a cool smoke for no reason. Let's just say your Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe gets you. Visit www.corncobpipe.com to get yours today. Missouri Meerschaum Company. Authentically original, authentically you. For you, dear. Say, my favorite pipe tobacco. Why that swell? I haven't seen this for years. Wherever did you find it? On tidbits.com, of course. You mean the Pipe Collectors Auction site? Yes, that's right. They have vintage and hard-to-find tobaccos, pipes, and accessories, too, you know. You don't say. I can buy all those things on tidbits.com? That's right. But you can also sell some of those pipes and tobaccos you don't smoke anymore, too, dear. Perhaps you're trying to tell me something. Visit tidbits.com, the Pipe Collectors Auction site. I feel like I've done this rant before, and if I've done this rant before, I apologize. There's a lot going on, and I couldn't find my notes, and there's a lot of notes all over my desk as I'm recording this a week earlier, and then, it's, anyway, it's chaos here. Uh, so, here it is. All right, are you ready? The title is Plan Ahead. And what do I mean by plan ahead? So, here's how you can help make pipe shows more successful. If you are an exhibitor at a pipe show, if you are planning on going to a pipe show, if you are an attendee at a pipe show and you're just coming, the minute you start booking those tickets and stuff, start posting about it in your social me in your social medias. Start letting everybody know that you're going to be at that show. What does that do? Well, that helps the show get the word out that the show's going on. That also might help in the uh, in the case of like pipe makers or uh, certain famous tobacco blenders or retailers or pipe repair people, whoever's going to be there. That might in that might incentivize somebody to decide to go to the show. You know, if you finally get to meet your whatever, meet somebody that you've only chatted with online or meet somebody who you've only seen on YouTube or heard on podcasts. Well, promote it. The minute you decide that you're going to go, start promoting that you're going to that show. That helps the shows. 
As show organizers, our social media only reaches so far. We can only do so much. But if you people that are attending the show, whether from a table or as an attendee, even if you're just coming to walk around and you want to promote that you're going to the show, put it out there on social media. Tell your friends that you're going to the show as soon as you book it, not two weeks before the show, because that's too late. All right. In most cases, in most cases, people need six weeks to plan for a weekend getaway. And in some cases, like with the Chicago Pipe Show coming up in April, that's a four or five day event. Some people are going to want to take time off, so they've got to plan a way ahead to get the time off from work. And if you're booking a plane ticket, you want to do that two or three months in advance or when the prices are the best. So do let everybody know that you're going to the show as soon as you are going. Don't wait until two weeks before the show or a week before the show and start posting pictures of the stuff that you're bringing to the show. That doesn't help anybody except for the people that are already coming to the show. All right. And it pisses off some people that may not be going to the show because now they're looking at stuff that they can't get. Uh, and pipe makers, if you post in advance that you're going to the show, you might be able to get a commission done and deliver it at the show to somebody who's going. But yeah, I'm just saying these are just ways that we can all help the pipe shows grow all continue to have viable, happy, healthy pipe shows. The minute you decide you're going, do like I do and tell people. You know, obviously I'll be at the Chicago Pipe Show this year or this upcoming year in 2024. So you'll see me there. There, I told you everybody. All right. And remember, go over to pipesmagazine.com and go to the uh, pipe shows page. And you'll see Kevin keeps that updated as quickly as the information comes in. So if you're hosting a pipe show or hosting an event in person, let Kevin know. All right. I'm vamping a little bit here to fill up some time so this show isn't so short. But, I mean, that's a serious thing, especially as this show is coming out on the day I come back from Vegas. Uh, next week, we'll have an update. Uh, we'll have an update report and everything on what happened in Vegas. So there you go. Uh, thank you very much to uh, Richard for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in. And until next time. the clouds when we're together just sing a song and think about sunny weather Exotic booth, boxy boxing, fake IDs. How'd you know? Ten bucks, ten, 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 ten. Shrimp ladies, ten of them. I need the ten. Look, I'm not through with you yet, bingo. All right? You're Nick Papa Giorgio. You're from Yuma, Arizona. You're into software. And stick your head in the hole and say Joey Heatherton. Right here on the strip? Smile, kid. You're in Vegas. <laughs>